to y'all listeners out there, we had long weeks separately because they were not related to each other's long week events. But uh, case in point, we forgot a thing that is a favorite for 45 minutes. It's going to come up later in this episode, but... Yeah. Uh, This is why our production meetings always happen over text. Because it's like, we should do blank. And then, if I don't text that immediately, I'll forget it forever. Well, not forever. Just for 45 minutes. (laughs) Felt like forever. (laughs) For the first time in 45 minutes, I remembered the name of that show. (laughs) That's the thing we do. Hmm. <clears throat> My name is Heidi, and therapy is great. My name is Rory, and I forgot to conjugate the denominator. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers Ooh, ahead. <laughs> so you want to tell me more about that fun fact, buddy? I forgot to conjugate the denominator when I was finding the limit. And so I said the limit as X approaches zero of two is two instead of the limit as X approaches zero of, you know, a function is um, one over the square root of three. And I got an F on a quiz. (laughs) Apps. On the upside, um, high school will be over soon. (laughs) Me and Eddie are, sorry, Eddie and I are haunted by uh, the limit of two is two. <laughs> High school will be over soon. And you're doing so good. <laughs> overall. Oh. Rory <laughs> won't tell you this on the podcast, but she's doing great overall. <laughs> overall? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, she did. Tricked her into saying something nice about <laughs> herself on tape. <laughs> Just repeated the word overall. Context matters. Okay, you want to talk about the book? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Would you care to tell us what we're reading? (laughs) Transatlantic. (laughs) That was full-blown Raymond, those slacks are a knockout. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're reading Transatlantic by Colm McCann. Hell yeah. (laughs) This has a very um, useless flap. (laughs) I hate it. Yeah. So here's Transatlantic. Book one. Three historical journeys from the United States, or... Uh, the New World, so including Canada, to Ireland. Book mm-hmm. two, for fictional women who are tied up in those original three historical journeys, it's great. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the second book is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Book two is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Book three, I'm like, okay, but I have to know what happens. Yeah. Like, okay, but like, what? Yeah, so our historical journeys, we'll start with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brown and Al- Alcox flight across from Newfoundland to Ireland, which was the first transatlantic flight. Big friggin' deal. Suck it, Charles Lindbergh. You were late to the party. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, Charles. <laughs> so there's that. Second journey. I understand it happened before. I'm telling you the order it happens in the book. Yeah. Frederick Douglass's trip to Ireland to be like, one, I'm going to get unslaved in England. And two, uh, I want allies to help stop this slavery nonsense. This is no good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is naturally. A- yeah. <laughs> this is just no good. And then <laughs> three, George Mitchell's 
journeys to and from New York to Ireland to help settle uh, the conflict between Northern Ireland and Ireland back during the Troubles. Yeah. And the Good Friday Accords. So big friggin' deals on yes. all three journeys. And then our four women are four generations in the same family who are like, one meets Frederick and another meets Alcock. Alcock. And Brown, and another meets them again. <laughs> <laughs> no, the same person meet, gets to meet the senator. Oh, the same person meets everyone but Douglas. Yeah. Lottie. Yeah, yeah. Lottie yeah. meets the other ones, the well, other three. Yeah. <laughs> the other yeah. three, yeah. <laughs> it's real good. Transatlantic's real good and real smart, and feels a lot like Everyone Brave is Forgiven when it gets started, and kind of transforms itself into a lot of other stories. Mm-hmm. Colin McCann is really good at using fragments. Mm-hmm. Just all Just, over. <laughs> yeah. His, his um, like, vibe sending is very good. He sends very good, like, vibes. Not as in, like, good vibes, but as in he is good at sending them. Yeah. Like, he, he's very effective at, yeah. at that kind of thing. Oh, th- this little paragraph, I think, is a really good column McCann, how he writes. Mm-hmm. When they met for the first time in the Vickers factory in Brooklyn's in early 1919, Alcock and Brown took one look at each other and it was immediately understood that they both needed a clean slate. The obliteration of memory. The creation of a new moment. Raw, dynamic, warless. It was as if they wanted to take their older bodies and put their younger hearts inside. Hmm. Like, okay, we're done. <laughs> and boom. This one is from the um the first page. And it's just a small little tidbit, but... It was a house worth listening to. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Real good. So this is one of the, the things that, like, repeats throughout the story. Um, throughout the stories, excuse me. Mm-hmm. There's this sort of mirroring and echoing. Um, Virginia Woolf, it was called tunneling when she did it. But basically, like, repeated phrases and things that continue to, to grow in meaning. And this is from Frederick Douglass's section. Um, one of the repeated motifs is the inability to say no Mm -hmm. and i'm just like youch yeah a big thing throughout this whole um especially the first book was this line from the um the alcock and brown journey Mm -hmm. the newspapers said anything was possible now the world was made tiny Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well and just the whole like transatlantic the conceit of like journeys back and forth i love it the vague hope of helping to turn the long blue iceberg the deep underwater of irish history (laughs) oh irish history irish history oh the irish why does death so catch us by surprise if your life doesn't flash in front of your eyes old boy does that mean you've had no life at all oh this is such a great another frederick Douglass moment We have plenty of time, said Isabel. It's early yet. My sister has a mind of her own. Unfortunately, she lost it a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) The essence of intelligence was to know when or if to expose even the heart's deep need for instruction. She had a brief thought. This is from one of the fictional sections. The first one, uh, Lily Duggan, who is, what a boss. (gasps) (gasps) Lily Duggan starts off as a maid, walks all the way down to the bottom of Ireland. (laughs) Gets on a boat, goes to New York, has a kid. Son gets shot. Becomes <laughs> kid dies. <laughs> gets married, has babies, becomes the boss of an ice preserver. 
company. Excellent. Ice oh. Trader. Not ice yeah. the drug, ice the cold thing. Yeah, ice the water frozen. Yeah, the the <laughs> back in the day, difficult. We should martyr. <laughs> martyr? We should martyr. We should market ice. Ice the frozen water. <laughs> Excellent. All right, but this is from her uh, her time as a nurse in the Civil War. She had a brief thought that she should smother the injured man. She touched his eyes. She could feel his life fall shut beneath her fingers. No need to stop his breath. It was much like drawing a small red curtain across. So many of them waited until they were in a woman's hands. At first I didn't like Lily Duggins. And then I read her passage. Or not her passage, but her... Section? Section, yeah. Her section of the book. And I, it just... She's my favorite. She's so good. I she really her. is. I feel like Lottie is is my favorite, who's the third in the generation. Mm-hmm. So it goes, Lily begets Emily, who begets Lottie. I think Lottie is my favorite because I spent the most time with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by like those, I want to say connections, but more specifically like the what happened in one lifetime connections. Like yeah. in one lifetime, mm-hmm. um, Alcock and Brown made the first journey and the Good Friday Accords were signed and everything in between. Like, in her lifetime, in the lifetime of this fictional character, um, which is not an unaverage lifespan, like, the first plane flew full stop. Yeah. And the computer was invented. Like... Yeah. uh, (laughs) This is um, something the senator thinks. Hmm. He has heard once that a man knows where he's from when he knows where he would like to be buried. Oh, Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, yikes. Even the way he walks has a quiet to it. (laughs) Also about the senator. Serving all their vowels on a fine set of tongs. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. His shyness carries a form of flirt. (laughs) Of the historical people, I think the senator is my favorite. Mm. Like, I, I, and I love the entire book. Like, I want to get that out there. There's no part of this book I don't love. Mm-hmm. There are parts of this book that I consider rereading without reading the whole book. Yeah. And then I realize that's dumb and reread the whole book. <laughs> reread the whole thing. He liked the days when the river iced and he wondered about what it carried underneath water beneath water. The ice and water motif throughout mm-hmm. the book and like the tides going in, water flowing under ice, all yeah. of those kinds of images. I mean, it's not subtle in Lily's section. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> Well, yeah, she has all those ice ice babies. (laughs) So many ice ice babies. I can't remember all of their names, but I know at least one of them is named Thomas. And Emily. (laughs) And Emily. There's several. She's one of them. There's a lot. One of them's named Thomas. One of them's named Emily. One of them's named Benjamin. One of them, Nathaniel. How do I remember all of them? I don't remember the last ones. Doing great. Sorry, one of the ones. Like John Ehrlich says... Even the good book says it's no harm. <laughs> <laughs> he was told once that it, any good Irishman would drive 50 miles out of his way just to hear an insult, and 100 miles if the insult was good enough. Mm. Oh. I I highlighted yeah, this baby. on my first time through this book, mm-hmm. which was in Ireland <laughs> the yeah. first time I read Transatlantic, and it, it hit me so hard I remember putting the book down and like having to ponder it for a while. Uh-huh. This whole memory, it will taste of tea. <laughs> I yep. like 
put the book down, <laughs> took a sip from my tea on the train, and went, wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was just reading through, and one of the um, the people that worked at the um, the senator's office in Ireland was named Rory. Hmm. He went through the like list of names, and I'm like, see, Irish. <laughs> Whenever I like say my name's Rory, I'm like, yeah, it's super Irish. People, some people are like, oh, really? And I'm like, it's right next to like Flanagan. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah, your name is very <laughs> Irish. Okay, this is the cutest thing I have ever read. Go in on. My, in my entire life. <clears throat> so this is the senator. And he is talking about his wife. And um, so he he mentions that he tells her the story. And the story is basically he um, went to his driver's sister's house. He had a hole in his socks. <laughs> the driver's sister said she could fix them and like yeah so later that night on the phone to heather all he could hear was the laughter down the wire from his wife and three days later in an express package that had to be opened and examined by the secret service five new pairs of plain gray socks none for saturdays or sundays simply because she wanted him home like (laughs) so sweet (laughs) uh this is such a good moment with the senator, which really, I th- I see why he put it where he did the senator's story. Because you need his story to understand, like, mm-hmm. the way that things changed when Lily and Emily and Lottie weren't in Ireland. Because yeah. when Lottie returns to Ireland and the whole thing with Thomas and every... You need yeah. that context of what will, like, what will come of it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this is from the senator's section. The British and their words, the Irish and their endless meanings. How did such a small sea ever come between them? (laughs) And I'm just like, (laughs) yep. Like when I was in Ireland, going to keep bragging, uh, (laughs) the government was shut down. (laughs) Yeah. It's still still happening. (laughs) But in a much different, different way. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this is also still the senator. He just has a, gr- a lot of great things. Um, this is one that I had to like put down, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. We prefigure our futures by imagining our pasts. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Lottie's section way later, mm-hmm. but about language yeah. as well. Because, I mean, this book is about so many things. Language oh, yeah. and the Atlantic and ice and water moving underneath it. And a lot of like how meaning word meaning becomes the water that moves underneath the ice of the word Mm -hmm. is like how I would summarize that type Uh of thing. But this is from Lottie's section. There are times months later, years later, a decade later, even that it strikes Lottie how very odd it is to be abandoned by language, how the future demands what it should have been asked in the past, how words can escape us with such ease. And we are left then only with the pursuit. We are forced to change because we're forced to remember. (laughs) Big subject. (laughs) This is from Hannah's section. Not big subject. She curled up at my feet while I sat at the table and I and wiped my feet on the moonlight on the floor. <laughs> just good. Oh. Just a good sentence. I wrote down exactly where I figured out that Lottie was Lottie from the senator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the senator happens before 
like Lottie's actually actual section. Mm-hmm. Also, for any of you who say, say I say Lottie weird, it is because my cousin's name is Lottie, and that's how everybody in my family says it. So it's just how I learned saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's also not. A <laughs> it, there's a slight accent in yeah, it because yeah. of just my family. Well, and it's also not a name that Americans are given very often. Yeah. So it's like this is a name that exists for an accent. Yeah. It. Okay, I'll let you read the, the thing <laughs> in a second, but no, I was just reminded of frickin' uh, Margot Robbie and uh, Saoirse Ronan, uh-huh. and Saoirse's like, yeah, Americans and English people say my name as either Sasha or Saoirse, and it's Saoirse, and Margot's like, it sounds the same to me. <laughs> I don't hear a difference between Saoirse and Saoirse. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I don't hear it. <laughs> I don't hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, Saoirse. To any listeners out there who don't hear it, it's Searsha uh-huh. or Searsha. 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 Yeah. Different. It different. Yeah. Okay. It's different. <laughs> okay. Um. The water was calm, but even the in the small pitch and roll, it was difficult to comb each other's hair. Emily propped a small round mirror in the porthole window. Her hair had gone gray. Lottie's had been cut fashionably short. Beyond their own reflection, they could see the lines of moving ship light on the sea. That's the exact moment where I'm like, wait! <laughs> mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is, like, fair, because that was the first time Lottie was mentioned in, like, this yeah. section. So I feel like I didn't come too late to the game, but no, I just you wrote, late. oh my god, it's Lottie <laughs> from the senator. <laughs> well, and it's also Lottie from the photo- photographer from well, Brown yeah, and Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do want to read the very last paragraph of the book. I said paragraph, it's two sentences. Because out of context, it's beautiful and also has no spoilers. Mm-hmm. When I sat down beside them, their silence was lined with tenderness. We have to admire the world for not ending on us. Colin McCann and his ability with language. I just want to punch him. This is about Newfoundlanders. Newfoundlanders, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the rock. rock. Welcome to the rock. Okay. Um, but it's how Emily moved there from mm-hmm. where she was living before. Yeah. And she moved there with Lottie. Right? I think so. Yeah. 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 The locals were wary of newcomers, but Emily had the texture of old weather and she dissolved amongst them. Lottie, too. <laughs> like, the texture of old weather is such a specific, correct description. It's... Excellent. I have two more quotes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have many more, but two yeah. more that are like that we're we're not. Gonna, I'm talking. We're not going to transition about, before yeah. we. Yeah, I think I think if I have any more quotes, I will go on forever. So I am going to leave you to finish out the segment. I'm I'm ending with the. Okay, so I'm choosing which quote goes which. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a boy, Thomas loved the notion that the light hitting our eyes might be coming from a star that has already disappeared. Ow. (laughs) I wasn't ready. Ow. Emotionally. And then lastly, this is a line that is said a few times throughout the whole book. I almost said play then movie. It's been a day. Mm. This is talking about um, Brown and Alcock. Mm Mm-hmm. You took the war out of the plane. <sighs> what a beautiful, weighty sentence. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. 
they had removed the weapon part of the plane and filled it with like a place to put f- more fuel so that yeah. they could travel across and Ugh. so everybody said it as they took the war out of the plane Ugh, I could not love it more. I could only love it differently. Yep. And I, uh, the first time I read it, I was a little worried that I liked it so much because I was like traveling into and then through Ireland because right. I started it in Scotland, but I, I knew I wasn't going to finish right. it before we got through Ireland. So it was like, oh, maybe I only love this because of like mm-hmm. what, it, nope, <laughs> turns out it's so good. Yeah. I started reading it in my sophomore year. And I got through 13 pages, the first 13 pages, and then I just stopped. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the right time. It just, like, it's crazy how your taste can change. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I picked it up again this week. And I started it, and it immediately had a different vibe than it did, than, or than it did when I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And it immediately, like... Oh, I dig it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I dig it. Great. Yeah. I mean, even even since I've graduated, like reading it without a graduate student's mind mm-hmm. was a very different experience. Like, yeah, like reading it, not even I don't even want to say distance because it's not even a matter of my taste mm-hmm. so much as like how I pay attention has changed. And like the way you pay attention in school is different than the way you pay attention outside of it. Um, even though like the podcast, I tend to approach it a little bit like academically, mm-hmm. it's still, you know, one of us has got to do something. We got to have a thing, um, yeah. but it's still, yeah, it was really, really good. This is the part where we're idiots. Mm-hmm. So we're like, what's a thing that feels kind of like transatlantic and is like connected with the past and is like stuff. Sherlock, mm-hmm. the BBC show. Mm-hmm. We're covering the whole thing. Show's. Especially that flashback episode where it's like, yeah, the past never really dies. <laughs> but the whole show is just so well connected and, and the way that things evolve and re-become. Mm-hmm. Like, and that uh, that's a weird way of putting it, but like, they become in the same way that other things have become the things that they are. Mm-hmm. Which is really hard to explain. Read Transatlantic. Watch yeah. Sherlock. You'll get it. Do it. Okay, let's start off with the very best character in Sherlock, John Watson. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Sherlock's there. (laughs) He's good, too. But John Watson. Uh Great dude. Don't solve the murder, save the life. Mm -hmm. What a lesson. What a lesson for all of us. Not just those of us who are are consulting detectives. (laughs) Not just, you know... Those many of us who are consulting detectives. Well, I mean, there's Sherlock, like us, you know, Mycroft, <laughs> other people, presumably. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call Mycroft. <laughs> he's more like a consulting, consulting government. Yeah, I'm like, he's a consulting prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> or the CIA on a part-time yeah. basis. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean... For those of you who haven't watched it, because it, it was very big for a while uh-huh. and then became like a thing that had happened. Yeah. In part because Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch got really famous, which happened because of Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. It's all very circular. Yes. Um, Sherlock is a modernization of the stories of Sherlock Holmes, still set in London. Mm-hmm. And so they follow the original stories as much as they can or like kind of loosely base them on the yeah. original stories, um, depending on 
right. which one it is. Uh, but you get to meet all of like the classic Sherlock Holmes characters really thoroughly rooted in the modern world. Yeah. And so like Irene Adler is a dominatrix. Yeah. A lesbian dominatrix <laughs> whose clientele is not necessarily all uh, all female. And so it's like she's completely in control yeah. of all of these situations, except for when she meets the mind of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, interesting. Ow! <laughs> Uh, Mary Watson is a freaking badass. Yeah. And a spy. Well, yeah. She's a spy. And also a lot of other things. (laughs) (laughs) It's been out for a while. Spoilers ahead. (laughs) Like, John John Watson, the doctor. And also, like, one of the things that reminds me of the circularness of time, or, like, Mm -hmm. the way that things happen again, like they do in Transatlantic, Uh is that in the original... Sherlock asks, or Sherlock, in his deduction of John Watson to, like, show what he does, uh-huh. deduces that Watson had been in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. And then in the modernization, the only difference is that he asks Afghanistan or Iraq. Yeah. Because England was still, still in a war yeah. in Afghanistan. Yeah. Like, a hundred years later, yeah. there's still a war that England is... and Oh, great. I'm still involved. <laughs> oh, cool. Great. Yeah, there's still a war going on in Afghanistan. England is still sending its boys there to die. Mm -hmm. Like, it's amazing how like that is one of that's one of those moments that like left me as the kids say (laughs) shook, (laughs) shook. Like, and that's in the first episode of the first series. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Sherlock episode? (laughs) Like the first twenty minutes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah, I'm not even sure it's the first twenty. Yeah, I'm like I just I'm not one hundred percent sure. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's all so good. The the different villains that they have, and and uh-huh. kind of the way that the villains really do trade in modernity, uh-huh. <laughs> real good. Oh yeah. And for those of you who are like, that sounds like a nonsense phrase. What I mean is the way that the villains capitalize on the modern world and how things that are innocuous are not innocuous if you use them as a weapon. Mm-hmm. You can weaponize information. Yeah. Information by itself is. And can be a weapon. A weapon. For example. Example. One can rely so strongly on technology that uh, one doesn't notice when the technology is missing entirely. Mm-hmm. One can perhaps trade in reputation and money and power. This is not necessarily a modern problem, but reputation as commodity uh-huh. is a lot bigger with the internet. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's a currency that you can trade in. And there are a lot of bribes that can be pulled off with nothing more than a name. Mm-hmm. Gotta love the Sherlock villains. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> villains, villains, villains. Oh, and also, like, the power of anonymity in a world with no anonymity. <laughs> the first big villain that, uh. like, his whole power is that he's anonymous. It's yeah. like, I'm sorry, that's gonna be a yikes from me, mm-hmm. dog. I love Moriarty. Moriarty, Jim Moriarty, Charles Augustus Magnuson. Mm-hmm. See, I, the thing is, all of the villains, great villains. Mm-hmm. Moriarty is someone who I actually love, though. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, other yeah. two villains, like, like you hate them. Mm-hmm. You love to hate them, but, like, they suck. Yeah. I mean, you're so happy with the endings that they receive. Yeah. Um, but, like, Moriarty, he's yeah. like a, you know, you're kind of great. Yeah, like, I mean, you're kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Moriarty 
by all rights should have been done at the end of series two and somehow yeah. is still involved in series three and four. And I love that. And oh, you know why? Excellent. It's because we weren't tired of Andrew Scott as Jim <laughs> Moriarty. The other villain, like one of them basically only gets an episode. Like yeah. he gets a little bit teased throughout the first two yeah. episodes in the series. And the other like big baddie. And I'm not counting I'm not counting the, the series four closer as a villain, properly speaking. Because her role is very different oh, yeah. in the story arc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even think of her. I was like, who? Yeah, and I, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it because that is such a surprise yeah. that I want to leave that alone. Yeah. But she doesn't feel properly speaking like a villain. Yeah. Like, she is more closing out yeah. the story. Um, which I love that the, the writers took the approach of, like, we're going to show Sherlock and John becoming Holmes and Watson. Like, yeah we're going to show how the myth was created, like the yeah. myth of Sherlock and Watson. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Because that's not usually... Usually when we come into a Sherlock story, it's like they are well-established and Mary is the new character. Yeah. A lot less interesting yeah. to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it's been done. And it's not as fun to watch people be great at their jobs. It's fun to watch them be just good enough to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you were talking about the third villain. Oh, the third villain. Yeah. yeah. He is only in one episode and he's yeah. like, he's just so bad. Like, oh he's not even, uh, he's just so evil. Uh, and I think he's the only, like, of the three male baddies, he's the only baddie that really gets, like, introduced and just, okay, you're a one-off. Yeah. Um, he He is really fascinating. And his name yeah. eternally escapes me because he's the worst. And my brain yeah. is like, you know what you don't need to think about? His this name. This dumb, dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name. It's not Chad. No, but he is a Chad. You're not <laughs> wrong. Culverton Smith. Mm. That's I keep his name. thinking Augustus Gloop and I'm like, no. No, <laughs> no Charles Augustus Magnuson. You're not wrong, Rob. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I like... And this is an argument I've had only with myself because I don't go on Tumblr and the fandom is dead. I'm not Mm -hmm. going on Tumblr. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that you could make an argument that as far as the effectiveness of the bad things they do, like the level of bad they accomplish with the motions that they take, that Mycroft is the true villain of the series. Yeah. (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs) He's such an idiot. Like he's so he's uh. so smart and so nonsensical. Such a dummy. Like, <laughs> like the the things that Mycroft trades in. Like the way that Mycroft tries to play chess with these sociopaths is psychotic. Yeah, like, I'm like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> like Mycroft. Uh, and no, like, <laughs> his parents like. Sherlock, you've always been the grown-up. And Mycroft is just like, <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> I'm the mature one. <laughs> He's the worst. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I kind of want to rewatch Sherlock with the idea in mind that Mycroft is the bad guy the uh-huh. whole time. And I'm, I'm kind of curious how it plays now. I mean, it's been about it few months since i restarted sherlock so it's about time to restart it yeah 
Because I know we just recently finished yeah. a rewatch, but like the rewatch started a long time yeah. ago. The whole show, it's real weird. It also has like five pounds for the budget, mm-hmm. which I love so much. Yeah. <laughs> like great practical effects. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing what you can do with camera work and like after effects. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like That's all. There's so many things where it's just like, oh, wow, whoever was doing this show, they had no money. Yeah. <laughs> like, no money. One of the very first shots of Mycroft, like, whoever was doing last looks, hopefully got fired because he's wearing a wedding ring. <laughs> and it's like a shot of his hand. Yeah. On a cane. So it's uh, not even little. And I'm like, Mycroft is married in this version? <laughs> it's like, no, it's Mark Gaddis's wedding ring because these people are dumb. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's just such a pretty movie. Yeah. Like it's. No, I mean, I think that's a great point though. Yeah. It's just, it's so pretty. Um, in like a deep fog sense. Yeah. It's very pretty. And, and you said movie, but I think that's actually a good way of explaining it. Cause each Mm -hmm. series is an hour and a half. Like each episode's an hour and a half. There's three episodes per series. So it really is like closer to watching a movie when you watch a quote episode of Sherlock and like each series really does wrap up quite nicely except for the end of series two which you're like what yeah that's okay I actually noticed this I don't know when but at some point um the Sherlock episodes are longer than either of the Mulan's oh wow movies yeah well the British have no sense of time also, apparently, Sherlock Series 5 is still on the table. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully, it's just Rosie all grown up. Yeah. Taking over for her dad. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? It'd be so good. Uh, I want Rosie to have a dog. Yeah, that too. I also want Sherlock to have a dog. Because apparently he hasn't. Uh huh. Noises. <laughs> Sherlock, BBC Sherlock, really does a great job with the modernization, a delight, and really does amazing callbacks to the original stories yeah. and kind of the, to the trashiness of the yeah. original stories. Like, you know how we feel on this podcast about a thing that is bad and good at the same time? Yeah. Did you know that a lot of classic literature is good, bad, at the same time. Time. For example, William Shakespeare or The (laughs) Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, excellent. It's a smart detective that's just like, ooh, things. Ooh, and this and this. Hmm, things, drugs, yay, I'm smart. Ha-ha! Tally-ho! Yeah, I think one of my favorite, like, cases, and it's so weird because it's, like, 15 minutes of one of the episodes but it's mm-hmm. the drunk case where he oh, just yes. he's going through and looking at these objects and like mm-hmm. in this show he'll scan a room and it'll like have words pop up of like what he's thinking that that means and like all of those things yeah and his the, deductions the information. Yeah. yeah but in the drunk ep- like in the drunk section of one of the episodes yes. it's just like chair egg thingy <laughs> <gasps> yeah well that case a post question mark for sits (laughs) for sits (laughs) so good that episode and the first episode are my favorite so uh sign of three and and uh study in pink are definitely my favorites because there's just that scene where he yells pink (laughs) 
pink. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is the best. Plus, I I do love a first episode. Yeah. Um, and some shows like they lose the thing about the characters that make you like them at the beginning. Yeah. Sherlock doesn't have that no. problem, which I love. Yeah. Like they grow and they evolve, but they still right, kind of but keep they still their... are the same person and not like we got the show yeah uh, approved, so now we're changing the entire thing. Or like, or like we're trying this out, yeah. and then now we're changing the whole thing. Or like, um, this is this is the one I'm thinking of, but also like in general, like um, where Daredevil, like the whole premise of Matt Murdock being like a really good Catholic and a really mm-hmm. good lawyer and a really good vigilante, and mm-hmm. like his conflict with that, and then like as soon as you lose that conflict, I lose interest. Be- uh-huh. Like as soon as he picks a side, I'm like, ugh, rolls uh-huh. eyes. Cause it's like, that's not his thing. His mm-hmm. thing is to live with the tension. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested when he stops. Yeah. And John and Sherlock's thing is to live with the uh, sexual tension. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> like there's a huge thing that they're together. And in the words of John Watson, I'm not gay. And not just, not just in the fandom, like in the show itself, everybody's like, Everybody but thinks they're together. Yeah. Like together, right? Mrs. Hud- when John tells Mrs. <laughs> Hudson that he's engaged to a woman, she's like, oh, you've changed. <laughs> it's like, yes. Oh, Mrs. Hudson. The modernization oh. of Mrs. Hudson. I cannot even a describe baller. it. A baller. Like, it's so good. I love her. And just her repeating line that, you know, watch the show if you want to know just how good she really is but yeah. i'm your yeah. landlady not, not your, your housekeeper ma- oh yeah and it's just like i'm a uh. landlady not a plot device <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah great show um yeah. start at the beginning and work it's it insists on being watched chronologically it is yeah. not queer eye sherlock is to be watched in order yeah whole thing is on netflix knock yourself out definitely watch the abominable bride special it is important to the mm-hmm. plot it is not a one-off weirdo yeah. like it seems like it could be it is not yeah. it is a plot point watch sherlock let's talk about music yes just a just a quick small um mm-hmm. additional thing oh yeah, yeah yeah go for it the great characters mm-hmm. i mean they're all great but like mm. so the three we mentioned Mm-hmm. The, plus the villains. I don't want to add yeah, more. Let's go. Um, Lestrade. Oh, Lestrade. Excellent detective. Mm. Well, Molly Hooper. Excellent person. A detective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. I meant separately. Excellent. He yeah. is also a detective. Yeah. I love the way they modernize Lestrade. Yeah. The addition of Not Molly my Hooper. Division. Yeah, Molly Hooper. Excellent. She she and she's an original for the show, and we needed mm-hmm. her so bad. So bad. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anybody. All the characters. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> a delight. Anderson. <laughs> what a delight. Yeah. Uh, there really isn't a single character in Sherlock that I'm disappointed in. Like, no. Th- some of They're them, doing the job. Yeah. Some of them are more likable as yeah. people than others, but I think all of them are likable as characters. Like, yeah. I'm glad they're on the screen. Yeah. Because they like, really do add good. something. Uh, good. Yeah. Good job. Oh, good. You're here. We're all so happy. Also, the BBC has three ties, and that's it. Yeah. That's all. Yep. They don't need no more. <laughs> all right. We talked about transatlantic, which is very like uh, words evolve the ice of the the ice of the word, the water of the meaning. Sherlock, mm-hmm. which is you know, let's modernize, let's 
let's look at this story that we all know from a totally new lens. The kind of biggest together of those things, and we worked very hard to come up with things that matched on this episode, guys. Yes. Appreciate our work. Thank yes. you. Annabelle, we try on this podcast, <laughs> and yes, I edit. <laughs> Your mom asked me if I edited, and I was like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> a lot, because we're silent. Barton Hollow by the Civil Wars, a band that no longer exists, but put out two absolutely stunningly good albums. Probably the best collaboration Taylor Swift has ever had. <laughs> and also like wrote just this beautiful and brilliant album about memory and like the memory of possibilities and mm-hmm. and like the nostalgia for things that never happened. Mm-hmm. In the words of Sarah Urist Green that John Green stole and put in Looking for Alaska, imagining the future is a kind of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Which apparently his wife said to him on their first date. So, I mean, who's the real writer in the family? Oh, oh damn. Yeah, it's Sarah. <laughs> it's her. She. Uh, a free promo for Sarah. She has a book coming out called You Are an Artist. I'm going to get it. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, anyway. with I think that's kind of how the only way I can like yeah. put a finger on how these three things yeah. are related is imagining the future as a kind of nostalgia. Yeah. So let's imagine the future with the Civil Wars Barton Hollow. Rory, tell me a thing about the album because I need to find the track list. It's pretty. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's pretty. Um sorry. <laughs> Real good harmonies and pedal notes yeah. too. Like Oh, such good harmonies. Like make all the other harmonies go Wah. Accurate. Like. Accurate. <laughs> I also at one point asked Vanya about it, and she was like, oh, they're actually really simple harmonies. They're just smart. Like, they're not hard. It's like, they're oh, they're smart. octaving and then switching to a pedal tone. And I'm yeah. like, well, this band is smarter than me. Oh, the sunset's real pretty. Anyway, Barton Hollow. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite song on this album? <laughs> I will tell you right now, I do not. I have a least favorite song, and that is it. Which is it? Forget Me Not. Mm. It's just the most, like, oh, okay. i'm sorry that wasn't that funny it was just how you said it It was just it was the most okay (laughs) 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 whatever (laughs) like all the other songs are like i would like you to lay down because i'm going to do surgery on your heart and forget me nots like okay whatever (laughs) it's fine oh it's fine i might forget you (laughs) yeah i mean poison and wine oh yeah like oh yeah if you're gonna have a song like just forget me not on the same album as poison Poison and wine Wine. (laughs) what just singing in harmony i don't love you and i always will yeah you cannot get more sherlock holmes than that than that feeling uh every time i reread transatlantic i hear joy williams's voice singing my father's father Mm, mm -hmm. a sweet refrain drifts in from the past so pretty. What if I didn't want to feel things? <laughs> Joy. Jo- <laughs> what if I didn't want to feel things? Joy. <laughs> At the emotion. <laughs> mm. Okay, let's divide this album in half. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're going to say favorite song about or like circling around romance. And then favorite song about or circling around like just straight up uh nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But not not romantically. Mm-hmm. So like 
do you like the divide's pretty clear mm-hmm. with the songs so favorite romantical um doesn't mean the romance worked out just romantical right i'm trying to remember which one's which mm. you can play it and i can edit it out Yeah, uh, poison and wine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean poison I and mean wine. <laughs> poison and wine, and to whom it may concern, really do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can choose. I mean, I don't know which is like more heartrending. I miss you, but I haven't met you, or mm-hmm. I don't love you, and I always will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact Just put that them together, and you get some. You get the Civil Wars. <laughs> I mean, and you did. Like, it's track four and track yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts real good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, To Whom It May Concern is, like, the most the women in Transatlantic. Uh-huh. It, it just hurts real good. And so is Poison and Wine, let's just oh, be yeah, honest. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. The whole album, it's very Transatlantic. How is it related to Sherlock? You know what? It's related to Transatlantic, which is related to Sherlock. They're cousins. Yeah. And also, like, the Civil the Civil War's um, mythology is really interesting, but we're not going to get into that because we're talking about Barton Hollow. Favorite song that isn't, like, strictly romantical? Wait. The Civil War's... Okay. My head, it goes Transatlantic. Mm-hmm. Then the Civil... Er, like, that's, like, the book one. Mm-hmm. Book two... Transatlantic is book one of Transatlantic. Yes. Book two is Civil Wars. Mm -hmm. Book three is Sherlock. I see that. I absolutely see that. I also feel very strongly that like you could make an argument that songs like by the Civil Wars are about specific arcs in Mm -hmm. Sherlock. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I kind of love the idea of poison and wine. You're going to laugh, but I also love it. The idea of poison and wine is Sherlock and Moriarty's song. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> I wish oh. you'd hold me when I turn my back. <laughs> <laughs> the less I give, the more I get back. Oh. I mean. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Barton Hollow as being Mary's song. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Frickin' Birds of a Feather, Irene Adler. Yeah. Like you got obviously. You got good stuff. I've got this friend as John and Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this friend. I don't think you know him. He's a loveless romantic and all he really wants is someone to want him back. Ooh, if the right one came along. <laughs> Excellent. That's gonna be a yikes from me, dog. A big oof. Uh, yeah, no, that's it's excellent. Today in Rory's pre-podcast guitar lesson, which is not taught by me, that would be weird. Uh, which is not what? Taught by me. That oh, would be weird. Yeah. Like, you're, it's yeah. taught by my boss. But uh, I came in to try to explain how to make the ow sound as, it's like a sexy yikes. <laughs> and if that doesn't summarize all three of these things. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a sexy yikes. Yeah. Ow! Okay, favorite non-romantical song, just because I, I want to, now I'm curious what yours is. <laughs> My father's father. Same. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. 
By a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By a lot. Yeah. I mean, 20- not even close to any of the other ones. The other ones can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other ones are great. Yeah. Don't get me no, wrong. No, yeah, 100%. Um, it's just that my father's father is timeless uh-huh. and also like in every context I've ever listened to it, it really does just move me again. Mm-hmm. And also that's the one that like plays in my head when I read a lot of books. Yeah. Like my father's father plays in my head when I read Gilead. It plays in my head when I read Transatlantic. Mm-hmm. It plays in my head when I get on a train. Mm-hmm. It plays in my head when I read Anne of Green Gables. Like. Mm-hmm. It really does just, it has that ache of nostalgia. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a moment in being nostalgic, I might cry, <laughs> um, where you realize that the past that you are remembering is the imagined past and that you have forgotten what mm-hmm. really happened. And that is such a hard thing to put words to. Mm-hmm. Um like it's it's that the british and their words the irish and their meanings it's like you can't put words on that you mm-hmm. can only put a feeling and a musicality and like the only way to put words in it is the music of the words themselves like mm-hmm. mccann's writing where it's just this like his way of of writing what might be the most painful sentence in literature mhm the headboard rattled she lost a child Mm -hmm. as being about incest like that's it that's all we get the headboard rattled she lost a child yeah and and that yeah that 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 nostalgia where you also ache for the past that actually happened Mm -hmm. knowing that you will never remember it again Mm -hmm. i'm gonna need a second to recover (laughs) (laughs) oh man i mean yeah, the Civil Wars hit hits hits home, and their yeah. second album, the self titled, which is interesting that their second album is self titled. Yeah, um, it? yeah, it's good. It's good as well. I think that, I think that Barton Hollow is more about a lot of other things, mm-hmm. and the Civil Wars. I understand why they self titled it is much more about them as a band. It yeah. feels much more about like their stories, yeah. and Barton Hollow feels much more like I'm gonna embody all of these other stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's all I've got to say about that, because I don't want to think about the aching forgetfulness of nostalgia anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I you have a Weck of the Week? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Which is also about the aching and painful forgetfulness of nostalgia. It's Bonavere's <laughs> first album, which is mm-hmm. way less electronic and mm-hmm. way more like... Literally, he wrote it in a cabin, snowed in for the winter <laughs> with whatever was on hand. Like, yep. it is full-blown artist is heartbroken, goes to cabin writes. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's For Emma Forever Ago, mm-hmm. which is just stunningly beautiful. Um, there's a, like, one of the refrains is, would you really rush out for me now? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's great. And for Emma, forever ago is a wonderful, wonderful song, and we may we may listen to a little bit of that in the car. But it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's a great album, and unlike Bonnevere's later stuff, that's a little bit more like electronic influenced, even though it's not really electronic. Right. You know what I mean? Like we said on the earlier al- or earlier episode, it's trash can reverb. Mm-hmm. This is much more like straight up. Did he put the mic in a trash can? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's very good and very raw. Um, 
and I am aware that the album has a bit of a reputation for being for dumb hipster dudes, but you know what? They've got a point. (laughs) You know what? They're not wrong. What makes you think they're wrong? Yeah. It's great. It's also good. And also the last song kind of does feel, the last song on the album, uh, which is Restacks, mm-hmm. does kind of start to like flirt with what became Bon Iver's music. So right. Bon Iver for Emma forever ago. What's your wreck of the week? My wreck of the week is Black Sabbath. Mm. Just in its entirety. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Um, mm. I, I have to ask before you finish, is this because of that Post Malone nonsense? What? A bunch of people thought that Post Malone made this unknown Ozzy Osbourne famous because he uh, he had him featured on a song. There was a whole hullabaloo. It is 100% not because of that. It's because I was looking through my music and I'm like, I want something this vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through and I'm like, this one. And then I put it on shuffle and I'm like, wait. They're all so great. They're all very good. <laughs> They're all so great. Um, I specifically have um, the Black Sabbath, the Ultimate Collection one, just because it's got all the greats and because there's there so many albums. So I just <laughs> picked one that had several. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so good. Um, oh. Yeah, no, I love this album. I've just been listening to it a lot, especially in math class for some reason. I see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just while doing calc. Um, <laughs> while doing <laughs> calc. calc. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, love Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, never say die. Uh, Into the Void, which is just... Ugh. Yep. Excellent. 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 Um, I didn't remember it being as good. I remember really liking War Pigs when we heard it in um social studies class when we were studying that era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, like I actually like this song. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I want to listen to it on a regular basis. I got you. So I downloaded it, and then um later I went back and looked at the whole album that I downloaded it from, and I'm like. Wait, this is all great. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I don't know when that happens. Yeah, no. It's just, it's got some great um, musicality in a rock form. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> love a good it, rock band. I love a good rock band that's still like, oh, but this is good, like, music. It's not mm-hmm. just, like, the vibe. It's also, yeah, yeah. it sounds really good. <laughs> oh, I love that. I would like to issue a correction real quick. Mm-hmm. The song is called For Emma. Mm-hmm. The refrain is for Emma forever ago. Got it. The album is called for Emma forever ago. Okay. So if, if someone's like, wait, I can't find the song for Emma forever ago. Mm-hmm. The song is called for Emma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> so, okay. You'll get over it. Yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> Our theme song is downtown love by Reese from his EP. It's okay to be sad. This podcast is produced and edited by me both Rory and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes or get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore. And we'd love to hear from you. 